Thank you, everybody, for joining. This is Saul Jackson on a podcast uh, from the front lines. Uh, I, I have here uh, fire department. Uh, my roommate Nate. Nate, uh, what's your last name? Uh, my name is Nathaniel Felposh. I'm a firefighter EMT, full time from Glen Lake Fire Department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had some questions about uh, this uh, coronavirus, and I see that you are serving on the front lines. So I wanted to uh, ask some questions, get your take on it, and uh, see where it goes from there. All right. All right. My first question is, being a, a first responder to the pandemic, what happens... I mean, what types of calls are you mostly receiving or responding to? So, majority of the calls that we run in fire EMS in general, before and after the pandemic, are mostly medical. We run pretty much 80% medical calls. Um, currently, right now, we've only ran two calls with the coronavirus. Um, both of those were the same patient. Um, both, of those, both of those calls, the patient got transported once to the hospital and stayed at home the other time. Oh, that's good then. That's real good. So they got to stay on that 14-day quarantine, correct? Correct. All right. Yeah, yeah. My second question is, uh, do your station have enough uh, equipment such as masks, etc.? So currently we have enough equipment for both stations uh, to meet with um, about... 40 to 50 suspected people of the coronavirus. Uh, each of us are assigned our own N95 mask, our own goggles, our own gowns, and we're taking many precautions to keep it that way. So we have to clean our own stuff afterwards. So we, we wear that every call, more or less. Only the gown is the only thing that we don't wear every call, unless it's suspected. Um, right now we're taking our boots off when we get back to the station and leaving them in the Bay Area. We're also getting screening done before we even get into work. Um, We'll have to come through the Bay. Uh, The outgoing shift senior man or lieutenant will go through, ask us a series of questions, take our temperature, and make sure we're healthy for duty for the rest of the day. Oh, they take you guys' temperature, huh? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's really good. It's really good there. I didn't know they take you guys' temperature every day. Uh, did you hear about all the uh, first responders back east uh, that was uh, uh, testing positive for the coronavirus? It's it's kind of like any other flu or virus. The more that you come in contact with it, the more likely you're going to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long have you been a first responder? Uh, I've been on Glen Lake Fire Department for a year and a half, but I've been doing fire and EMS for six years. Oh, okay. So you got some experience in there, huh? Yeah, I've, I've been working EMS, uh, standalone EMS, for three years, and I've been on fire departments for the last six. Oh, all right. That sounds pretty good. I, I didn't know, personally. Uh, my next question is, uh, are you nervous of exposure when entering someone's home during an out, during the outbreak? Like I kind of said earlier, we're going to get exposed to it eventually. You, you don't know 
walking around in the store or going to certain places if you've already been exposed. Right, right. So your risk of exposure is high, no matter what you do. No matter what you do, huh? Um, we try to take precautions on the department so we don't get exposed and we don't expose others. Like I said earlier, we, we're taking the precautions of taking our boots and leaving them in the bay. We decon everything, the ambulance, anything that was used on that call is going to get mopped down completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to only send one person in at a time to go talk to this person before so we can figure out what we have going on. All right. So it keeps the, uh, the rate of contact low. Yeah, yeah. What would you like to tell the public about the pandemic? Um, I think right now we're all trying our best to keep it together, I guess is mm-hmm. the best way to put it. Keep um, a cool head. Keep a cool head. Uh, follow the guidelines, stay at home, wash your hands, wash mm-hmm. your stuff. If you have to go out, go out, but you know, keep that social distancing from people. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between social distancing and distancing yourself from people. Right. You can you can still be social, just you know, at a distance. At a distance. Right. I got this uh, saying: I can love you at a distance. You know, if right. I have to. Right. So, um, do you think that this thing is uh, blown out of proportion? To an extent, some things will always get manipulated by the media. Uh-huh. Do I think that this is a nationwide pandemic or a pandemic worldwide? Yes. You have more cases than the flu has with just about as many deaths at this point. Uh-huh. You're slowly catching up to the point where it's going to be difficult for people to live their lives because you're only having essential people do essential things. Right. Now, in their state... Or what their governor says, or the federal government, essential could be a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Or it could be very little things. <laughs> so, it's going to become difficult. Very difficult. Because yes. I, I thought I was an essential worker until like uh, until they told me they was uh, closing down the hotel there. Right. So because they don't consider hotels essential because right. people are trying to stay at home. Right. Because I went to the... Uh, to the emergency website, and they, they spell out all the laws on what will be essential and what will not be an essential worker, and the reasons or what jobs would be the essential jobs. And mine was on there, like hotel and uh, lodging, because I work at lodging people in, in, in home-type situations. So, you know, but the hotel wasn't doing that good, so they eventually had to be like, okay, we have to stop. And close down because we can't keep purging money. Uh, it's going to be a case by case scenario. Yeah, definitely a case by case scenario. Do you think that the media is giving the people the full story? The full story is always kind of relative, I would say. Yeah. You're never going to get everyone's side of the story. You're never going to get all the information. You can do all the research you want, but doesn't mean you're going to have everything. Not going to have everything. I believe that to a degree they're trying to keep us informed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, they're also just looking at the negative sides of it as in 
this is how many people have it. This is how many people died. They don't talk about this is how many people recovered from it so far. Right. Fully. Or they're on the back end of it. Uh-huh. They, they do bring up those cases every now and again, but it's very sparse and in between. Yeah, they should definitely bring up those cases more instead of making this, uh, I guess, this fear-type, uh, fear-mongering campaign off the coronaviruses. There, there is a little bit of that, yes, but at some point it needs to be done to keep people in check. Yeah. Do you feel that, uh, do you feel that the National Guard will be called to this state? So... There's about 10,000 people in the Army National Guard in the state of Michigan. Um, so far, they've activated one battalion in the Lansing area, which is like the 14, or no, the 16th MP battalion. Uh-huh. Um, so, so far, I think they've only activated a handful of people, about 12 or so. Um, I was reading an article earlier today that said that uh, President Trump gave permission to Government Whitmer to... Uh, activate as many as she needed uh-huh. for Army and Army Air Guard. Uh-huh. So, will we see an increase of National Guard helping out? Possibly. Uh-huh. It will be a case-by-case scenario, and it will probably be a select amount of people. It will be, they'll primary, primarily take medical personnel and admin and maybe military police to just keep things moving. Uh-huh. I understand that uh, you with the National Guard too, have the National Guard communicated with you about possible activation or deployment? Uh, so far, my unit has not been activated by any means. Um, we haven't heard anything of us being activated anytime soon. Uh-huh. Um, I know most units are canceling drills and mm trying to keep that social distancing in the unit itself. So they're trying to keep uh, their people healthy, just like anyone else's. Right. Well, you know, uh, this whole thing is uh, really a a real issue because uh, outside of the essential workers, the other employers and other employees are are wondering about, you know, day-to-day needs. Do you feel that you're worrying about this day-to-day needs as well? Do you think you have enough toilet paper? I I don't understand the toilet paper crisis or chaos that people seem to get themselves into. It's <laughs> never in my life have you seen an episode of an apocalypse apocalyptic movie where they're like, everyone grab the toilet paper, we're all going to die. <laughs> so, I, I don't quite understand the toilet paper. I understand the essential needs and people maybe not be able to make their payments for things because they don't have a job working currently. Or they don't have money set aside, excuse me, money set aside for them to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of companies are saying, well, just because you can't pay your bill doesn't mean we're going to shut off your power. Doesn't uh-huh. mean we're going to cancel your phone. Doesn't mean we're going to turn off your water, etc. So a lot of companies are understanding that people are going to have hard times and uh-huh. they're trying to make the best of it. Do you think this thing can last longer than a month? Uh, I hear the president just uh, uh, change or, you know, uh, 
made a decision to have it go to the end of April. So he extended the social distancing till the end of April, so April 30th. Um, a lot of diseases will make a climb, and they'll continue to climb until something changes. Mm-hmm. So right now we have no proven medications that can combat this, no proven treatments that will make it easier or better on anyone. Um, we don't have any vaccine vaccines for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be one of those things where it's going to be a while before things go back to, as people say, normal. normal. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this goes into May. Yeah, I don't think it would have surprised me, too. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it got closer and closer to summer. Mm -hmm. I I feel like we're going to have a lull in the summer because warm weather, people are actually going to get outside, build up some of those, um, natural vitamins and minerals in their body. Mm -hmm. They're actually going to get that sunlight. They're going to feel better. Mostly you don't get sick in the summer. So Mm -hmm. over the summer, I feel like we'll have a drop, but I feel in the future, say August, September, uh, stuff like that, we're probably going to see it pick back up again. So uh, the Dr. Uh, Fanucci, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he said just about the same thing. Correct. He, mm. It's when you're inside more, when you're not active, when you're more likely to get sick is when this is probably going to come back again. So, during the summer, when people don't usually get common colds, the flu, stuff like that, you're probably going to see it die down, uh-huh. and then you'll probably see it pick back up later. In the winter. Towards this fall and winter. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, very unfortunate, and uh, I think it's very important for us to even extend our, um, even uh, even the necessity to wash our hands, you know, multiple times. You know, I find myself washing my hands 10, 20 times a day now. But normally, in good practice, you should wash your hands over 10 times a day. Correct. You should yeah. be washing your hands multiple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah. Most of us wash our hands before we eat, before we cook food, before we do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's an uh, eye-opener to... People that really don't care about hygiene as much, uh-huh. that uh, washing your hands can do a lot. Um, it's it's always funny to see the people that are like, oh, the CDC doesn't know anything until a pandemic breaks out, and then they decide to follow the guidelines, follow to, the the, guidelines. To, to the exact uh, specifications. Uh-huh. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time today, Nate, and uh, like the very... Uh, very grateful and appreciated your time being on the podcast today um, and just, you know, giving an insight to uh, aside from the first responders. You're the one that's first responding to the calls of anybody who's having trouble breathing or anybody feeling any uh, shortness of breath. And um, I just wanted to get your take on it. So uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, not a problem. All right. I'm going to go with close down the podcast now and do my credits. So yeah, that was uh, Nate, uh, first responder fire department guy that works uh, for the fire department. And uh, 
he does uh, first responding. So I uh, decided to interview him, get his take on this whole uh, this uh, pandemic. It's March 30th. Uh, today, I'm just recording the show today because, uh, you know, I had access to uh interview from uh, the public arena. It was also in the uh, the government sector, or the government sector, which is the fire department. Also, uh, an active guard member, and as of right now, he hasn't been activated on the National Guard side to do any uh, deployments. I just wanted to give you guys a quick scope of what's going on here in uh, in uh, in honor, and uh, and get you guys' response. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to the show. I'd like to give a shout out to Nate. I'd like to give a shout out to all the first responders out there that's on the front lines, responding to calls. Uh, it's a real test of bravery. We understand that uh, some of the nurses that uh, take in some of the patients of the first responders are having lack of supplies. And I wanted to get it uh, from the from one of the first responders. And and from his take, he says that uh, he has a, enough supplies on his end. And they're actually doing pretty good. As of right now, in regards to the COVID nineteen pandemic, I like to also give a uh, a shout out to any small black owned businesses. Um, I'm a small black owned business too, so uh, I do cleaning, office cleaning, warehouse cleaning, house cleaning, yards, uh, and uh, major construction sites. Uh, also am in the insurance field. I sell insurance for Primericare. So if you need anything clean or if you need any insurance, you can always give me an email at snjackson025 at hotmail.com. I actually didn't know I was going to record a show today, spur of the moment, doing this, um, this, uh, this, uh, pandemic and this, uh, sit in, uh, hunker down type, uh, quarantine type situation. I have not ever been in a quarantine type situation ever in my life. I'm 40 years old. And this is the first I'm ever hearing of this. And uh, it's quite something. It is, uh, I mean, I don't have no problem, me, myself, about uh, solitary confinement. be quite honest, I've spent some time in solitary confinement. And I have emerged with most of my faculties. And also... Even a higher level of consciousness. So I hope all that is in this quarantine at this time is utilizing the benefits of quiet time. If you can get that uh, in utilizing this time of stillness to draw closer to the creator of all things. 
and uh, thanking him basically for every breath that you can breathe because as of right now, there are many people on ventilators. And uh, there's a ventilator shortage. People want 400,000 ventilators. Other people is given only 5,000 ventilators. But that's neither here nor there. I like to... uh, Just give my take on the whole matter. And, you know, another perspective as well. I don't necessarily think this is blown out of proportion. I do think that the media is giving it um, whatever the media can do amongst the masses of people who may or may not listen. So, it's really up to you. It's really up to you, basically, if you want to quarantine yourself at this moment. Because in other countries, they are quarantining the people by force. <laughs> and we as Americans are can be hard-headed. And uh, force may be necessary to quarantine a country that just won't stop moving. We don't know how to get to our still places and now we are forced to learn. And it's a learning in progress. To tell you the truth, it's a learning in progress. And I mean, this is a great time for meditation, reading, listen to music. Music is a wonderful thing. Uh, I can't play any instruments, but... uh, I mean, I listen to music, and they definitely got instruments in there. So, you know, I'd like to give a shout-out to my parents and my family. Uh, Make sure and and give a shout-out, and may they all have good health and wisdom and, uh, uh, and peace of mind. Peace of mind is really what's needed. Because if you got peace, no one can take that from you. Uh, If you got joy, no one can take that from you as well. Because it's it's your own. And uh, the world really didn't give it to you. Example, the world is not giving many reasons to be joyful. So you have to find your own joy and your own peace in order to not uh, panic inside of a pandemic. You know, one pan or the other, you don't want either one of them. You don't want a pandemic and you don't want a panic. Because this is where it can be kind of uh, different. You know, it, it can get uh, out of hand. We don't want the panicking to get out of hand, and we don't want the pandemic to get out of hand as well. So, uh, quarantine yourselves as best as you can, and uh, only go out as necessary, I guess. And uh, I want you all to just, you know, be at ease. You know, this is a moment where we can all just rest in God's hand because it's really up to him. 
You know, they say that the only thing that caused this much uh, death is uh, war uh, and plagues. I guess this is one type of plague. I mean, it's not Ebola or or anything uh, horrific like that. We should just uh, thank God it, because you know it could be worse. And and keep pushing on. I hope everybody get the, the supplies they need, and uh, and I hope everybody's family is safe and healthy, and uh, in peace. For those people who are in the hospital, I pray for you. I I hope you get better. I wish you Godspeed on that. And I just want to say much love to you. And for those of you who are nurses or working inside of hospitals, uh, I want to say thank you for your service. You're just as uh, important as uh, the National Guard or the Army uh, or, or any other branch of armed forces because you are on the front lines of uh, this war on COVID-19. So thank you. Again, I don't know how many times I can thank you really in order for you to feel the expression of how thankful I am for you and how thankful I am to you for your listening uh, of this podcast and giving uh, your ears to it. They say if we listen, we can understand better. And if we can understand better, we can know better. Learn every day. And uh, be well, world. If you need to get a hold of me, you can reach me at S. In Jackson 025 at hotmail.com. The name of my business is Yeshua Enterprise Services LLC, and my phone number is 971 282 Give a shout out to my wife, my kids, and I hope all of y'all are doing well. Or everybody in the world doing well and those who are not doing so well right now. I hope you do well. So I'm going to call this show uh, to a close. It's produced by Saul Jackson. Audio by Saul Jackson. Interviewer by Nate. First responder. No, truth be told, I just can't pronounce his last name. Uh, that's why I just asked him to tell you. Because <laughs> I figured out that I cannot pronounce it. So thank you for your time and may, uh, may you have peace in uh, this life and the next.